excited for our episode today. You know, we previously talked about representation in film and TV, and today we are doing a deep dive into the music industry, specifically with electronic music. Yeah, so we're super excited. Um, today we've got Yusu as a guest. She's a Kaifun-born, Vancouver-based DJ and producer who I believe is at the forefront of the electronic music scene and talent that's growing out of China. She's released music on labels like Technicolor and Second Circle. Uh, I came across her music last year, around May, when she released her Wrong With The Punches EP, and I saw her at Deck Mansville last year, which was absolutely awesome. So <laughs> super duper excited to have her on the show. Hey, Yusu, how are you going? Hi, I'm good. So to, to kick us off, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, sort of, we'd love to hear about what it was like to grow up in China and what your upbringing was like, and we're kind of starting a trend with our interviews where we ask our interviewees if you've got, like, a strange habit. Don't know if this is going to pick up a thing, but if you do have something you want to share, that is completely cool, mm-hmm. or good if not. Uh, all right. So I grew up in Kaifeng, which is... It's sort of in central and northern China, um, not really close to any mega cities. Uh, and then I moved to Vancouver about almost six six years ago mm. for university from Kaifeng. Uh, mm. Yeah, and then I decided to stay here because I got into music. <laughs> Wow. I mean, was there a particular trigger point that got you into music, specifically in Canada? Um, I mean, what was to stop you from pursuing music in China as opposed to a place like Vancouver? Um, I studied classical piano for around 15 years, mm. since I was four. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like many yeah. Asian kids. I, I've stopped though. I've I've stopped though. I have a I have a weird relationship with um with learning piano. It's just like a I don't actually that, that's a good question actually because I feel like for a lot of Asian people who've grown up in a Western country, like our parents have immigrated here, learning an instrument is kind of like um it's a thing that a lot of people do. Not everyone, but a lot of people do. It's kind of like a, a, an Asian stereotype. Mm. Is it a similar situation in China? Like our kids kind of forced to learn an instrument yeah i'm because i'm pretty sure that that thing started in probably mainland china i'm yeah. sure hong kong maybe blessing hong kong taiwan because i don't think it's it's that competitive mm. in the same yeah. sense you know mm. yeah um, yeah i like a lot of people i know started young but mm. most people stopped yeah pretty yeah. soon after yeah because you know if you don't like it you just don't like it you you're not gonna get into it mm. i mean how was your relationship with the piano like was it quite turbulent like my my first relationship with yep. the piano like i loved it and then i hated it and then loved it again and i hated it um did you find that you know it was like a lifelong passion of yours or something that you grew to love um I think it has something to do with how my mom approached her whole plan. <laughs> her plan, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. Because she was playing me Debussy and Bach before I was born in her mm. tummy. The entire pregnancy. I've heard that's really 
good for children? Like, mm. is it is it child de- is it brain so. development or something? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I right? think so. It definitely yeah. had influence mm. before I was even born. Yeah. Because I was so happy when they bought me my first piano. Oh. I was like happy already. Because before we had the first piano, back then, that was 96, 97. Um, it was hard to get a piano in a small city, like mm. where I was born. So for the first two years, I was learning piano on a piece of cupboard. She <laughs> drew. Yeah. Oh. She drew the wow. entire keys just on like a paper. That's awesome. Wow. So I was at home. I just had to do that. There's no sound for two years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know for some reason I didn't mind it because I'm sure because I was too little to, yeah. <laughs> to even care. Maybe I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> but all because you know at the beginning all you do is to practice your finger, the strings. Yeah. It's not even about the music part or anything. So I did that and we got our first piano and I was so happy and so I I liked it a lot for. I think the first few years, yeah, because I was still just being excited about having a piano. I was like, "Ah, this is so special! <laughs> I love this. It sounds so good." I was like feeling really proud mm. because everyone in my—I don't know how to say it. It's like you know how in China there are places where there would be. 20 apartment buildings in like a yeah. locked up yeah place. i don't know the word for that in english anyways uh, I, don't, I don't know something like that yeah. yeah yeah something like that um i was just happy because i was like everyone can hear me play <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i enjoyed it but then around when i started primary school or something it got really hard because you know um at some point when you had to start learning really really technical mm. things you don't get to play any beautiful fun yeah, yeah. Okay. feels like a chore doesn't music. it yeah 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 so you, you do that like the i, don't I hated scales <laughs> so much yeah scales are the yeah. worst part i hated scales exactly yeah. so I remember I... oh sorry you go oh, no that started happening and that was like the main thing you have to practice right mm. and for me it was one an hour and a half every night mm. no matter weekends or weekdays yeah mm. yeah i was similar yeah yeah and I just remember, like, you know, having to practice playing pieces, you know, to do the piano exams rather yeah. than playing pieces that I wanted to play. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it just made it even more yeah. feel like a chore and made me feel just more resentful towards the piano, I think. Um, yeah. Did you yeah. have to do it after dinner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. finish dinner and mom just goes like, it's time to practice, you know. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh. You don't even get to, like, watch... 
I didn't even get to watch CCTV news for the last 10 minutes and not yeah. the weather report. Can't watch yeah. that. Go straight to the room. Yeah. You know what I used to do? I used to be like, oh, let me wash the dishes. Um, so I could like delay it. And then it would just like, it would take longer. Or maybe it might get too late. And I was, oh, I'm tired. I have to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, or you pretend to be sick. Yeah. Yeah, Which anything I to do. I remember there was a period of time where I started like cleaning the toilet. Oh my god! I was just like, I'm gonna do chores <laughs> just to avoid playing scales because oh I hate god. it so much. That's so funny. Uh, uh, yeah, that so that of, happened. Yeah, yeah. which happened to everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, I, I mean, I briefly brought up with Jeff before, but did you have this experience as well where you know you'd be at home and you'd have family, you know, family friends or guests over, or you're at someone else's house and there's a piano. And like your parents would expect you to, you know, like, like make you perform. play something, like perform for people. Say, your song, go play yeah. your, oh play that God. piece. And, yeah, or I then have... if there was like multiple kids, like it would just be like everyone taking, con- yeah, it was yeah. like a contest. <laughs> it was hundred percent a contest, and the parents would just oh. sit there like, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. See yeah. like who's better. <laughs> yes, yeah, and then better. they'll know which parents are like you know better at. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think it's that all... happened a couple of times, but I actually none of my childhood friends really learned piano. I mean, it was a small city, so it wasn't like that mm. um, common that mm. time. Like yeah, in the early two thousand, it wasn't that common yet. Yeah, yeah. So that lasted. Me being annoyed that lasted for a few years. But my mom, she is so, so invested in it, the mm. whole thing. She invested her life into, like, helping me with piano. Because did you do class once a week? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, once a week. Like, on the yeah. weekend? Yeah. yeah. So once a week, two hours class, she, I don't think she has missed a single class. Wow. Unless, unless something that she really needed to do or unless we had to cancel the class. Like, if she can, she was the one taking me to every single class. So mm-hmm. she actually knows everything. Yeah. She just doesn't yeah. know how to play, but she knows. She cause, And she sits with me when yeah. I practice at home as well. So she knows every mistake I make and I can't wow. slack off. Because she would know. That's intense. Which is, I think, because of her being so intense about it, made me last for, like, that many years until high school. Yeah, I used to not... I used to hope that my mom wouldn't come in to the lesson. Because so you don't have to... Yeah, because then she doesn't yeah, know so what she homework have you have. Me, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, and also, like, so just in case I, like, screwed up or, like, made mistakes and the teacher was, like, you haven't been practicing and she wouldn't know... I would like, I would always be like, oh, like, um, I don't know. I'd always try and make up some kind of excuse. Like, oh, you can just drop me off. You can go like relax somewhere mm, <laughs> or like no. stay in the car type thing. And yeah. that would just make the pressure. But it was just like having, having, yeah, same with me. It was my mom. Having my mom just like sit there and just like knowing her presence is behind me. It was just like, I don't know. It's all these different factors just contributed to like a gradual 
not like hate for it, but it was just like, I was no longer like doing this because I enjoyed it, but like I wasn't enjoying yeah. what I was doing anymore. It was like a chore. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. easy to feel embarrassed when you know that something you didn't practice well mm. and mm. you know, the teacher would say something and yeah. when your yeah. mom is right there. Yeah. I mean, like, like I was like now. That. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like this is something that you're going to, you know, really appreciate and be grateful for? Um, oh so much yeah even like i mean i've had hundreds of fights with my mom over Mm. the that 15 years of her being there every single minute um but i never i just never like wanted to give it up entirely Mm. because i did i thought about going fully like going to music school and be a pianist um i almost did that mm-hmm. but it was when we almost tried to um, do that my mom was the one who said oh maybe maybe that's too much maybe you won't like it if you actually mm-hmm. go to school and you had to practice like five hours instead of yeah i've heard two. it's so intense my um my violin teacher went to like a like a music school in china and like you would like go to he would just tell me stories you would go to these schools you would wake up you would practice yeah. you'd play a bit of ping pong you'd practice some more and then you go to bed and it's just every day repeat and every time we had a lesson he would show me his scar like here like on the bottom of his chin because it was just like it was a rash from just of course practicing too much like that is yeah and then like after that only the smallest, smallest, smallest percentage of like the best become like. Um, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's a high yeah, pressure yeah. environment. But I'm curious to see how you kind of, you know, you've had classical music as you know your background for so much of your life, and you know you've cited Debussy as like one of your biggest influences. How did you pivot from that to electronic music? Well, that's an amazing transition, and I'm curious, and we're curious to see um, and hear about kind of that journey. Mm, so that background because I love music from that I got to be so inspired by especially Bach and Debussy those were Mm. my favorite pieces to practice so that got me into music and I think because of my mom playing music when she had me in her belly that just basically put music in my brain mm. so I I just I always like music and then moving to Vancouver I mean I didn't know even what electronic music was yeah. when I moved because there's there was nothing like that in China yet well at least you know from where I grew up there's nothing mm. no one in a tiny town like that would know anything about the western like fun music like, I knew about Britney Spears and stuff <laughs> that <laughs> was it yeah that was yeah. it so then moved so when I moved to Vancouver I think I just you know like I wanted to I wanted to practice English because I couldn't really speak English when I moved so I tried to find um, communities on campus because I didn't want to just be 
an international student who just mm. doesn't try to learn and fit in. Mm. Yeah. So I tried to look for communities, and I got into doing stuff at the radio station, the college radio station at UBC, mm. which I later found out recently that a lot of my like DJ friends, a lot of them also come from like radio background. A lot of people did college radio. Yeah. Mm. When they were young, because it's a because where else do you go? Yeah. To look for music people yeah. when you're at university, especially like a university that's huge and you know, like it's not fine art focus or anything. Yeah, you know, you don't, you can't meet people. So I did that, and then I went to my first party ever <laughs> in 2013. Yeah, first ever, ever, first ever party. Ever, yeah, and it was. <laughs> What's that like? Was it overwhelming or was it a good time? Oh, I was so scared. I, oh. I didn't know what to do. All I well, I went without any expectations. Yeah. All my friend told me was that ah,、oh, this is like one of the best DJs from the UK.、Mm. You'll love it. And I was like, okay. When they're complete dark room music, it's so loud, so many people、mm. drinking, chatting, and I was just like, <laughs> was like what, <laughs> what do I do? Because I don't really drink. I didn't drink back then. Don't drink now.、Um, yeah, I didn't know what to do, and I couldn't relax because I was just being anxious and nervous.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I also couldn't. I couldn't really have convers deep conversations about music that time either. I was still like trying to practice English, so all I did was to listen to that music, and it was Floating Point DJing in Vancouver. Oh, amazing! First time. So, yeah. So Floating Point was my introduction to dance music. It's a pretty good introduction. Wow! Wow! So. Yeah, that was it. That changed everything. Because、mm. I've never heard. That was the first time I heard that song from Age in Harmony. Your melody, that song. I think you recognize it if you hear it. Yeah.、Um, I was just like, "What is this music?"、Mm. Yeah. Because I didn't know it's old music. Yeah.、Mm. I thought it was like. I、yeah. thought all the disco hits and house is all like brand new. New, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think I had like, no yeah. clue. Yeah, yeah. That's、uh, fascinating. I was yeah, I was in a similar boat. I remember the first time was um, I went to,、uh, I guess my first proper like party that I went to with like electronic music was um Trezor in Berlin. Um, so that was yeah, I was in a very similar boat. It was kind of like Berlin's already intimidating as is. It's like. You know, everyone's super cool, and you know, like,、um, no, I like couldn't speak German or anything, obviously. So you're like, I'm like in the line and like trying not to say anything. Like all my friends, like, yeah, just wear all black, like lots of like all the all the usual stuff that like all the tourists get fed. And I think like I remember going in, and it's just like pitch black, just flashing lights everywhere. It's so hot, and it's just like and super sweaty, but. I I don't really remember who was playing, or I don't remember remember like 
the, you know, who I was talking to or anything. Because you can't really talk yet. You were saying you can't really talk to anyone. Like you're just screaming into people's ears or you're like pointing or something. But I remember like, yeah, like a, like a feeling. Kind of yeah, like a, is yeah. that experience? Yeah, yeah, a multi-central experience, everything. Yeah, exp- yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like that. Everyone's like kind of on a similar kind of vibe because I don't know. It's it's hard to because you listen to like a like a band or something, or you go listen to an orchestra. It's it's a different experience, uh, um, and it, and it's really hard to describe. But I think like if it's kind of your thing, um, you it's, it's pretty addicting. Like the, mm-hmm. it's like an experience that you like always want to do again. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and it I think can be really, really special. Yeah, yeah. And like, I really loved your truants mix because like it kind of, for me, it's kind of like, it, it, like the selection was awesome, but it was also, kind of, it felt like a similar, it was kind of like a music journey. And I don't know if this was like a similar thing. It's like you start with the classical piece. And then you move into all these other things. So it's like, that's kind of, that was kind of like how it worked for me. Like I only played classical and then mm-hmm. um, I like played an orchestra and stuff like that. And then you listen to this like whole new world and it's like this like journey and stuff like that. And I think like musically it's awesome, but I think also as a meaning, it like resonates with this kind of Asian music journey that mm. like I, I, I feel like a lot of people have like similarly gone through as well. Yeah. 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 That was the intention is to, like describe the timeline yeah of how it happened yeah so what did your parents say when you told them you were going to be an electronic musician dj producer um well i do the same with my parents where i because growing because growing up in kaifeng i did not have any freedom whatsoever yeah mm, my yeah. family is very like strict mm. Mm. no nothing like i didn't even have um they didn't even give me i didn't have any allowance for snacks even i was one of those kids who like was <laughs> not allowed to buy your own snack no yeah. snacks like you you know other kids always you know after <laughs> school they go buy candies and chips <laughs> i just I would just go home and eat dinner. Mm. <laughs> All yeah. the time. So I didn't have any freedom, which re- really made me... Because I turned into books and films and stuff yeah. um, when I was still in China. Because I needed c- content from the West to to just... to um, to, to feel that I could be in an environment that's so different from my own. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't ha- satisfied. Um, so, wait, why did I talk about that? Related to something? <laughs> wait, <laughs> okay. what was the question again? Just like, yeah, I mean, navigating, you know, um, I guess like the expectations of like, you know, what Asian right, parents, parents like have of yes. you. And <laughs> I guess pursuing a career that's quite unconventional, but mm-hmm. very in- admirable, to be frank. So the reason I brought that up is because because of that whole experience from childhood, as mm. soon as I moved to Vancouver on my own, I developed this habit where any decision I want to make for myself, I would do it and then tell them afterwards. Mm. Mm. It's always easier to would, ask for forgiveness. 
Always. Yeah, I'm not gonna ask for permission. Yeah. yeah. Which now I kind of feel bad for some of the decisions because I think I kind of upset them. Mm. I didn't, you know, it it was too too rushing on my yeah. end. Mm. The change from this, you know, this like good girl in, you know, always at home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All no, of a sudden, turned. <laughs> yeah, you know, course, making all these decisions. So I got, I was in business school and I switched to anthropology. And then when I graduated, when I accidentally got into music after that party, I started learning all these all these things like productions and everything. Yeah, and then you know started picking up doing gigs. Um, learning more, meeting people, and then I told them many times. Like I've, um, as soon as I started getting interested in uh, electronic music, I, you know, they knew about everything, and they always they thought it's just a hobby, which mm. was a hobby. Because you don't really know what would happen yeah. like, when you do something like this. Especially something like this, which is very unstable and is not something you can kind of plan. doesn't yeah. happen like that. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's timing and luck and talent all combined together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when it was starting to go pretty well, uh, I... No, I never wanted to do it full-time as a job. It kind of just happened randomly mm. because the timing was, it just worked. And I convinced them, so I convinced my mom first when I played the first gig in China, in Shanghai. Wow. Uh, that was... Three years ago, that was like at the be very beginning of my career. But I got lucky and got booked at this festival in Shanghai. Wow! So my mom came with me to that festival, and it was her first time seeing me. Yeah. Doing what I do. Yeah. She was, was that so special. Excited. Yeah. What yeah. was that like? You know, you have her, your mom. You know. Yeah. Going to every single one of your. Piano lesson. It yeah. was probably she was there for your first, you know, festival gig. That's amazing. She enjoyed the festival because it was like fun. You know, it was like young people, fun things like food cards and <laughs> all these cool kids. She liked that, but as she, I'm sure she was still confused. She was confused with what I was doing mm. because that was also like the, a, a DJ set at the music festival was not common in China yeah. four yeah. years ago it was all bands oh. it was like the first it was like one of the first like a dance party stage really wow and a, isn't that yeah, recent yeah that's crazy because it wasn't like well maybe with EDM it's different but I don't think I don't even think EDM was big really okay yeah I don't think so yeah because I just remember it people People were kind of confused. They were like, "People who were like, oh, like, what do you put? What, what is it? What are you doing?" Like, kids who went mm -hmm. to the festival were confused. 
was what we were doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like what do we what are we supposed to do? <laughs> Yeah, you like what do, you, what do you watch? <laughs> There's nothing to watch. Yeah. Wow. So I convinced her after that because she, I think she saw how much I enjoy it. And obviously, you know, like for her to see me like being put at the hotel, people being nice and you know, give you stuff, treat you nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. She Actually, liked that. Yeah. Yeah. So she was convinced, but my dad, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean... Absolutely not for a long time after my mom was convinced. Wow. Because obviously, it's not stable. Like, if I were a Chinese dad, I'm not going to let my daughter... I'm Mm. not going to be like, yeah, sure, go for it. (laughs) Like, Mm. pursue your dream. That is Mm. not something... That is it. Yeah. No, Jeff and I have talked about this and just, you know, the idea of, like, pursuing, you know, a, a hobby as a career, obviously, yeah. it's one of those things that's frowned upon, but, yeah. I mean, it's amazing to see you flourish. I mean, has your dad come around to your career now, or um, do you think it's still um, a journey? Or is um, still, like, I th- it's still happening? I think so, because um, when my mom passed away, my dad had a very, like, big shift in the way he talks with me he's like mm-hmm. more understanding less of a you know a typical chinese that like only you know criticizes you and everything she became mm-hmm. uh, he became more encouraging and i think he actually took the effort to read about music oh, that's amazing. and dj and all that stuff and and because, um, what was it? Oh, because I started to be able to support myself um, financially, which mm. that was a big part of that Because, you know, it, you have to yeah. prove to them that you can pay your bill yeah. <laughs> in order for them to accept it at the end of the day. Yeah, of course. Cool. Yeah, that's that's the, the threshold, that, right? That is the main thing. It's just like, can you, can you support yourself? Is it stable? Yeah, we've, yeah. All, we've all heard it. Yeah, which is fair mm. from a parent's perspective. Yeah, of it, it makes sense. Yeah. They only want what's best for you, of course. In a way, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and especially like you know, I always think about it from his perspective. Mm. He knows nothing about music, and the only thing he knows about music is pop music. Mm. And all you know, like you know, pop music is like people getting famous overnight and then people vanish mm, in 15 minutes it yeah it's that kind of stuff so in his mind for so long he's like what if even now sometimes he's like what if you don't like your music anymore what if you just start making bad music and no one likes it anymore mm. and like that's it's different from pop music it's yeah. a yeah. very different kind of how people perceive things so i I think he understands that now and from I guess seeing just videos because you needed real you needed real material to show Mm. them to kind of prove to them that oh this is legit like what I do is a real thing yeah and he almost actually came to Australia when I was there last fall for Sugar Mountain. Yeah, I saw the game. Well, the... I wasn't there. I watched the video. Amazing. Um, 
That's we good. made the the plan was that I, he was gonna get a visa to come yeah. with me for a vacation. Because that would have been the best scenario for him to experience, I think. Although it was really crazy. I don't think he would like it at all. <laughs> Just like it was chaotic. <laughs> I'm actually curious though, like in terms of, you know, where you've played, because, you, you know, you've played internationally around the world. Is there a particular place you like to play or, you know, particular people you like to play for? Like, do you find that it changes um Quite dramatically. How's or... the Melbourne crowd? Yeah, like, like how, how is the scene? <laughs> Australia is on the top of my list. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's a reason. Like, I live in Vancouver. I'm used to the vibe here, and it's mm. very similar. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. Very, very similar. Yeah. Australia and China, mainland. Mm. What's it like playing China. in China? So it's like, I wanted to ask you, because for me, going back to China has always been seeing relatives. Like, I would never associate partying with China. Like, in my head, mm. it's just like, it is a place I go, and sometimes they eat good food, but most of the time, because I haven't been back in nearly 10 years, most of the time I visit oh. relatives, and they're just yeah. like, because I was, I was really fat, so they'd like comment on how fat I was, <laughs> and I'd have to sit through like several dinners of me getting told I was really fat so sometimes I don't have the most negative impressions so like fun is something that's not it's not something I think about first of all when I when I go to China and obviously like now that I'm older and I've more so come to terms with my identity as being like a Chinese um, Australian person Mm. I would love to go back with this new perspective and like going out would be something that I love so like what's it what is it like going out in China is, is the question like playing to a, like a party and like yeah what's the crowd like um can i just can i ask you where where's your home not hometown but where is your like families yeah so Which yeah mom's from guangzhou so in the south mm. and then dad's from shandong so like a <gasps> bit more north Sh- yeah. really yeah. I love Shandong food. <laughs> it's good. It's very hearty. Shandong's <laughs> close to, it's closer to my, where yeah, I'm from. Yeah. Yeah, it's closer. It's yeah. similar. Yeah. Similar cuisine. Um, yeah. You should, both of you, you should visit China, like, once international travel. Yeah. Isabella was there last year? Yeah. So yeah. I was in Shanghai um, for oh, a yeah. study um, intensive. Um, oh, I fell in love with it. Yeah, amazing city. I'm actually learning the language right now. I'm learning Mandarin. Really? It is very oh, difficult. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's such a yeah. fascinating country and a very fascinating culture. So yeah, definitely drawn to the country. Yeah, and because Shanghai doesn't even represent, it's like... Yeah, exactly. It's like the yeah. most Western. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So of China. Yeah, for sure. Like um, yeah. Like go to like like Shandong, would be so fun, and so good. Um, but yeah, in terms of music, art, partying, it was so mind blowing. Mm. It was extremely mind blowing. First of all, uh, before last year. I have done like a very small, like a casual, very casual, not a tour, just like a trip. Yeah. The year before. Um, 
but that was only Beijing, Shanghai, and Hangzhou,、mm-hmm. which were kind of the only, the only cities that had this kind of crowd. But last year, the tour ended up to be like eleven different cities. Wow! Which does that still blows my mind?、Mm-hmm. How many cities? Like, I went all the way to this place called Qinghai,、mm. which is which is right next to Tibet. Oh, cool! Yeah. So I played there on New Year's Eve. Wow, so, that would've been amazing. So that like they have a scene there. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious though. Like, what do you think has kind of driven this? You know, essentially growth of the scene in China. Um, you know, you said that it came around what three, four years ago. Like,、yeah. what what do you think triggered that? Um, and I mean, it's amazing seeing so much talent and so much creativity come out of that. But I'm curious to see what you what your opinions are on kind of what's driving the scene. Um, um is it like the people? Is it like the audience that's driving it? You know, demand and supply and whatnot.、Mm-hmm. Or do you think, um, it's a mix of you know, everything? Definitely. The internet,、mm. the internet and VPN technology, true, <laughs> helped a lot. Yeah, because <laughs> the, the you know、idea. there's that. Well, I mean, just internet in general, worldwide, not just China. So yeah, you know, yeah, of course.、Uh, that and this, this growing trend of. Upper middle class young people who have good family monies supporting them, yeah,、mm. who can go abroad, go to art school, learn art,、mm. do these things instead of only, you know, being business student like doing the、right. traditional kind of like studying abroad and then coming home, because、mm. they're way more like th- that's the thing I notice is that. The people who do these things, they're mostly middle class、mm. kids. Because you do need the capital to to, yeah. To, yeah. to to do anything. It's a it's a, it's it's an economy,、mm. and and、um, yeah. So there's that. It's, it's the the money for sure, and so the money, the internet, and. And the fact that because China never had so much like freedom in terms of music and art,、mm. and no、yeah. access neither. It didn't have that for so long until the internet changed everything. Mm. So, mm. which is why I, which is why it grew so fast all of a sudden.、Mm. Because you know, people who are into the same thing can instantly get connected, and the fact I think things like K-pop and stuff also helped with that. Yeah,、mm. right. Because music in China is it's interesting because it doesn't have there's well there's there's C-pop. But C pop kind of like died. I'm not listening to C pop. Oh my、good? god! Do you like C pop? I, I loved up, it.、In、I grew up. I feel like 
I've only listened to C-pop songs that are like sad because I feel like because so that's many, what it is. I feel like sad. so much of it is just just sad. You know, it's all slow, it's like sad it's like karaoke. Yeah, yeah, it's all breakup songs. It's like <laughs> d- developed for karaoke. Like maybe the karaoke business is like controlling yeah. everything, and yeah. they're like, you just want people to like funnel you into like a karaoke bar. But like, yeah, that that was like my only exposure to like Chinese music, which is why I've I never like gravitated towards it. I think when you're younger, mm-hmm. you want something that's like a bit more like upbeat. But mm-hmm. every song was just so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but people like that in China because. Because that's what you, that's just what you have, you know? Yeah. Like, that's Although, the culture. I was going to say recently, though, have you guys noticed, like, this trend lately yeah. of um, that song going viral on uh, TikTok and uh, all these other social media platforms? Oh. Uh, What's uh, um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, 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 this is, um, I'm not on TikTok because I'm personally, no, like, neither. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit. Is it Chinese stuff? It's yeah, yeah, it was like some trend. Zoe was showing me it. We can edit this out. Yeah. It. <laughs> no, 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 it's cool. But it's um, okay. like the Schwer Hoa. I don't know how to sing it. Wait, maybe we should, should play it. Wait, wait, do you have it? No, we can play we, it. We no. can play it. Is this I'm sure okay, I know this song. Yeah, okay. I, I reckon you know this song. You see, um, let us know if you know this song. Is it? Is it going to be like, co- is this going to be copyrighted? I don't know. <laughs> it's fine, we'll, start, we'll work it out. Oh, it's this song. (laughs) Yeah, it's like super popular right now. We don't own the rights to this song. (laughs) Is this from the 90s? Yes, yeah, it's from it's the a... 90s, but it just had this reemergence. Let me skip to the chorus. Okay. Hold on. What is it? Okay, are you ready? so popular now so on tiktok yeah like not chinese people but yeah because it's like you know how a chinese company owns tiktok yeah it's um yeah yeah (laughs) yeah zoe's like huge on tiktok she's um she's my partner she does the graphic designs Mm -hmm. and basically she was telling me there's like a trend amongst like people on tiktok and they play this song and they're like i love the ccp so that the algorithm puts them on the front page and it's all about like oh, yeah I it's like it's like don't that. don't cancel me kind of a thing oh. um uh yeah so <laughs> whoa yeah because <laughs> so, this uh, song is like it's a very serious old it's mm. like what my grandparents listen to this song. yeah really? it's not even yeah Wow. It's not cool or anything at all. Yeah. Right. What do what do young kids? What, I, I say kids, but like, what do what do the youth in China listen to? Mm. Like, what is the mainstream thing? Is it is it K-pop? 
mainstream scene. Is it Western music? It's definitely well mainstream. I would say is more like rap. It's really big right now. Oh. Hip hop. It's huge. True. True. Well, we're going to talk about this. Um, Eighty、mm. Eight Rising, like High Brothers and、um, Rich Brian and. All, all those people. That that is an awesome thing that is、um, that is kicked off because、yeah. it was like I remember the first time I listened to High Brothers and I was just like, are they rapping in Chinese? <laughs> and it was like I you couldn't, couldn't tell. I well, it was like because there was they're like they're from like Sichuan, right? So it's like their、Sichuan、own dialect. Yeah, their own dialect, and it's just like I sometimes I find it hard to like distinct like listen to specific dialects because、um, it 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 sounds quite especially too, Sichuan but, dialect. It's like It's different. It's like a yeah, different yeah. language. Yeah, but I thought it was just like so cool. They were like, and、yeah. obviously absorbed a lot of hip hop influence. But it was like they were still talking about things that were like relevant to them in being in China、mm-hmm. and stuff like that.、Um, and to see that kind of grow and like develop in like and have mainstream appeal like outside、mm. of Asia, I think is like awesome. Totally.、Um, yeah, yeah, and I guess like we're kind of seeing a bit of a renaissance as well with Asians in music in general. Like,、um, mm-hmm. obviously in rap and like hip hop genres, but also like I feel electronic music as well. There's like a lot of artists that are growing like huge right now, like yourself included.、Um, mm-hmm. Why do you why do you think that's happening? Like, do you have any? Do you have any ideas like why this trend? Not a not a trend, but I guess it's just like why this is starting to like take over、mm. in a sense. It's just like we're seeing, you know, greater representation from the east, and you know, in music genres that traditionally weren't populated by Asian people.、Mm. Yeah. yeah, not at all. <laughs>、uh, there's an、um, I did an interview, and same with Suzanne. And Object Blue, we did an interview together for Decmental last year.、Mm. The article was about Asians、mm. in electronic music, basically, because、mm. last year was the first year. This there were like three, yeah, Asian yeah. people. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's amazing.、Uh, on like a lineup of a Dutch <laughs> music festival.、Um, <laughs> to, I I think honestly. There's so many Asians. First of all, <laughs> there's so many Chinese people. So just by number, yeah, for sure, they're gonna be. They're gonna be a, a lot of people. Yeah,、mm. yeah, makes sense. Just、mm. by the number, it I, I'm not surprised.、Mm. Because there, you know, there are so many. Yeah, so many like. Um, so many Asian immigrants, like people who、mm. grew up in, like you know, people who grew up in the UK, Canada, Australia, US,、mm. is there is no difference them,、mm. yeah, you know, being American, Australian, British. So it doesn't, like, I don't think being Asian would make a difference. Like, there's so many people, so many Asian people into art. Fashion and all that stuff. So I think, first of all, by by number,、mm. <laughs> there's just a lot of people who、yeah. who should、um, be into this kind of stuff.、Um, and well, I think K-pop helped 
mm-hmm. rap obviously helped as well to just have that representation. Mm. Yeah. On the internet for Asians in music. Um, yeah. But I think with electronic music in particular, it's that because it's um, it's still unusual from the industry mm. perspective. And I think most Asians who have started their career in electronic music, everyone has such a unique sound. Mm, right. Not because of, like, I don't think it's necessarily that we, our music sound Asian or something. Yeah. It's not that, but it's different. Like, as big as it might feel, it's still a very, very, very tiny part of the world. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like you, because I I was listening to, um, Rolling With The Punches again. Did you sample you speaking Chinese on one of the tracks? I did. So cool. I was listening to it again this morning. I was like, that's, yeah, that's definitely Chinese. So I was, I thought Very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. It was processed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So like, do you think. Is that something you're like conscious of? Was it like a conscious decision to put that in, or like it's like, oh, I want to, you know, represent who I am, um, you know, where I come from, or was it just like a, yeah, this is this is cool with this thing? And I guess like as an extension of that, do you feel any sense of like duty to like carry this music um, and kind of like brand it with? you know, who you are as an individual, like your background, your history, or is it more so you just want to make music and you don't want people to like point out all the time that it's like, oh, it's a, it's an Asian producer, it's Asian, like mm. that sort of thing. It's, I think it's like, yeah, it's a very, it's a two different things and I feel like people can go either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from, well, things have changed throughout times for me. I... For the first, only until last year, I almost wanted, like, I wanted so bad to just be anonymous. Mm. I didn't want How come? people to know, like, for the first, for the, like, very beginning of my career, I just didn't even want to, want people to know who I am. Because I never... I didn't want, I didn't want the music to be associated with the, with a mm. personality, yeah. with right. a yeah. race, a gender. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted it to just be about music, mm. and I didn't care about my music being about identity or politics whatsoever. Nothing. Uh, but last year. Uh, it kind of changed in this way where it was when I started to know more about the music scene in China. That was when I decided that I should um, I should have my music 
uh, how do I explain? It's 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 not like I want my music to be associated to being Asian, but mm. it's when like I started to feel the responsibility to 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 speak about it mm. mostly in interviews yeah. and to like talk about the philosophy behind my music and to recognize me being a Chinese person, mm -hmm. a female, like to recognize the importance of that and the influence on other people. Of course. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, cu I'm curious to hear, like you touched on the philosophy on your music. Could you elaborate on that? So, so Row is a Punches in particular. Mm. Mm. That EP was written almost, it was written almost like as a critique towards experimental music mm. and ambient music, whatsoever those terms. Um, because, like, I'm sure you can, you can hear the oriental. Yeah. sound in it yeah <laughs> and that was done on purpose because um because i was inspired by how this one member from ymo hiromi hosono he did this whole thing in the 80s uh which you can you can kind of call it like a, a self-orientalism okay he did he wrote this music it was like um i'll send you the link it was like very like like hong kong okay i, I can yeah, kind of it, picture in my head what that what that means yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like almost almost funny yeah mm. so i i want to do that as well because i don't because my music itself it already carries me being asian because mm. it's it comes from an asian person mm. yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. not the same when it when it's because the, the the genre of the music it's very western yeah. you know it's it's western is it's within this sort of genre definition but that definition came from orientalism Mm. It was it was like uh, the fourth world music. Yeah, yeah. right. That's fascinating. And that yeah. itself, you know, like that's problematic. Yeah. Uh, all the like the sampling cultures throughout the entire electronic music history yeah. has always been, you know, you sampled other culture. Like, yeah. All these, you know. Yeah. Whatever fourth fourth world, so like I I just wanted to make something that fit into that genre but but with my criticism mm. within the music because you know it's like well i'm making something that sounds really oriental yeah yeah i feel that i think it's like even if I, and this is just from an outside point of view. I've never, I've never played with Ableton or anything. I've only played with like GarageBand and like high school and stuff like that. But I guess like even to an extent, even if you don't want your music to sound Asian, 
like because of who you are as an individual and like the experiences you've had, you've you will have absorbed some of those characteristics and like it's maybe in there. Just, yeah. yeah, unconsciously you maybe the melody you write or like the thing you gravitate towards too. It's just like it comes out mm-hmm. naturally, but then like maybe when you when you're finished and you listen, it's like oh, it is vaguely Asian in like a weird sense. And I think I think that's I think that's cool, and I think that's. For sure. Um, that's that's kind of I think music is one of those things where it's just like it's so it's, it's perfectly unique to each person. It's just like your personality is just like tied with yeah. it, regardless of um. And whether it can be you're, perceived, yeah, so yeah, differently. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like how you you may think it's not Asian at all, but then like, mm-hmm. like for another person it might be. So yeah, um, I think that's I think that's almost like the beauty of it, isn't it? It's just like. It is literally just an extension of yourself in a like an audio mm-hmm. format, and I think yeah. that's I think that's really beautiful. And I guess like to I guess to pivot slightly, I guess this is like probably the last topic we want to talk to you about is um what are the kind of the, the biggest challenges you've faced so far in your career, um or are currently facing? Obviously, with COVID, um, clubs are not open, and um a lot of those entertainment venues aren't are going to be changed for a very long time. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, how do people run festivals now? How do people go out to clubs anymore? Like, what do you, like, what are, what are some of these challenges you're facing just on a personal level and also, I guess, like, on a macro level? Um, with COVID stuff, I don't, I haven't thought about it much and I haven't honestly worried about it too much. That's good. Because yeah. isn't it's a problem in the entire industry. Mm. Right. So So I don't I don't worry because it's other people's work. It's not my I don't I don't think I need to think about those things. Because mm. um, it will just I because I don't have the capacity to figure out a solution for something on a very industry level yeah fair enough yeah profession people who are professionals in that will eventually figure out a way for everyone Mm. all you need to worry about is to write good music (laughs) yeah yeah to keep writing good music that's 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 all because like i because i know because the economy is going to change but there i think there will be a way because mm-hmm. because it's not gonna end um, but challenge wise for myself being being political or like being vocal about politics in music has bothered me and has been challenging to what extent? like you like mm-hmm. you being a public figure being a musician mm. And then you, you just kind of automatically now carries this responsibility of speaking your, speaking out about your political stand. Yeah, okay. You, like it is like you have to be why. vocal about it, or or you're on the wrong side. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, have I know a what you mean. With that. Yeah, I know what you mean because like I, I follow a lot of DJs and producers and stuff, and, and obviously over the last couple months, there's been a lot of social media activism stuff like that, and my problem with some of it to an extent is when people yeah just like you were saying people kind of enforce this idea that you must be absolutely vocal about it or you you're, you don't care yeah 
and obviously I know this is a controversial topic to talk about, but I think this works, this works well because you've brought it up. I think everyone deals and, you know, is expresses their opinions on these things in different ways. And yes, it is really good to spread good information and to sort of be vocal and to spread ideas and positive ideas and ways to get involved and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I can, I, I have a problem with it when people like shove it down your throats and they're like, you must do this. Like, I don't think that is the way to go about it. And I think because that's extent, not, yeah. Cause that doesn't that contradict with democracy, <laughs> the true idea of democracy. When you, when you force, there's only one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to say it. Yeah, correct. And I think, like, especially, I guess, like, the dance music industry kind of prides itself on being like super open, progressive, yeah, political and stuff like that. So, I guess, like, what you were saying that it's a challenge. Like, can you elaborate elaborate on that a little bit more? Um. Yeah, because music has always been political. Mm. especially yeah. you know dance music especially dance yeah. music has always been political and it has changed social environments throughout history um i think yeah the challenge i talk about i think it is because of social media it's it's almost like a cultural shock to me still it's like mm. the extreme individualism when it comes right. to politics where yeah. you need to say, like, you know, it's like you have to say what you believe in. It's right. Yeah. And you ha- like you had to say it loud. Yeah. And you have to pick a side. You have to say it loud and you have to have arguments. It has to be, mm. you have to argue. You have to convince others. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's just not how I operate. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's such a defining distinction between the East and the West, you know, like this emphasis towards, yeah, individualism (laughs) in the West and, you know, everyone has to, like, express their own views and whatnot, whereas obviously in the East, the emphasis is more on, like, you know, collective, like, the the, the collective. Collective harmony. Yeah, yeah, collective harmony and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it would be more, I guess, striking for you having grown up in China and now, you know, living in the West. Um, do you feel like you're still very much um, inclined towards, you know, uh, ideology that do come from that, that that does come from China more so than um, you know what is perceived in the West, or I guess what is kind of um, espoused in the West? It's so it is so complicated because yeah. you know sometimes I would think okay if if for like the if it's a like progressive population of the west is to because something i learned i mean the biggest thing i learned in a western society that has been really helpful and it's like a huge huge difference is that when you look at others when you come across people who are different from you you have to understand where they come from Mm -hmm. so 
you see so there's that that's like a big thing to have empathy because you know like a very simple example in china when you see a homeless person on the street everyone most people like i would say 90 percent of the people would be like well it's their own fault right mm. why didn't they work hard mm. they have legs and arms why can't they go work like that's you know 90 percent of the people's response but here you know i learned that here is that you know for example when when it's when it's like a like a homeless person you have to understand you know their family trauma and mm. you know all these other things you like no you have to understand everyone come from different places they uh, and a lot of time people don't get to choose what they become yeah but then when it comes to politics it almost seems like people lose the ability to 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 have empathize for others who don't necessarily have the same kind of um, understanding mm. Mm. it's it's like it becomes this black or white thing yeah yeah I, I, I actually quite agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So it so it like contradicts with itself. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very it's polarizing, funny. I think. It's, yeah. It's politics becomes very polarizing. Yeah. yeah. So. We're, we're, we're definitely going to do an episode about this. Um, because, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting it's, topic, too. Yeah. It's such a complicated topic. Cancel culture yeah. is, is, is cancel, cancel cancel culture. <laughs> cancel. Oh, I cannot deal with like. Yeah. That's another thing. We could be here for hours. Like that's. But yeah, what I, I absolutely know what you're talking about. That's um. Yeah, it's, it's so funny thing. because yeah. I I was like ah oh, I shouldn't have, you know I disregarded. The, the, the Chinese part of me where. I always. I was judgmental because that's what that society is about. People right. are judgmental. Mm. Everything's based on wealth and yeah. social status and all that. Yeah. But yeah. here, you exactly. know, like, yeah, yeah, it's a different world. In, yeah, like in the left, it's that's not a thing, and people are understanding, like very emphasizing with each other. But it, it just not the case in politics, and it you can't say the wrong word mm. you can't think one single mistake can destroy someone's entire life yeah um yeah i have a i like i, I definitely have a problem with that because it's, it contradicts itself and it's just so confusing and i yeah. haven't figured out a way to understand it yeah that's fascinating i've never thought of it like that before. yeah neither yeah. have i actually that's yeah. um my my branch is kind of like ticking at the moment because I'm thinking about it at the moment. So it's um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very interesting perspective. Yeah I've, yeah, I've actually never heard someone like with that perspective. So yeah, thank you for, yeah, thank you for bringing thank that because I feel like yeah, it juxtaposes with a lot of what a lot of people in your industry are like. You know, it's a it's a completely different view, and I think it's absolutely okay to have that view. I don't think there's a oh, yeah. singular point of view to to talk about things as this should be obviously like we can't have people just saying whatever they want like you can't just but i think there is a tendency to just like dismiss right away there's no 
opportunity for elaboration. There's mm. an opportunity to have those discussions where true progress is made. You know, it's just like, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But um, mm. yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, that was. So I yeah, that's my yeah. challenge. That's yeah. a, actually a challenge for yeah. me. Yeah, uh, that that, that is. With. I'll be honest. I was not expecting that answer. I was expecting yeah. like you know booking gigs, getting hard. You know um like <laughs> covert like sexism in the industry or something like that i wasn't but that was yeah that was super yeah. interesting before we close out um is there anything you want to plug right now yes oh my gosh Are you working on yeah. anything can you send it to uh, me before you really <laughs> <laughs> i have a fullness album that's done <gasps> amazing that will come out i don't have a plan for the release anymore after COVID and everything because I just want to take my time mm. and okay. not rush yeah. it. And because it's a, it's done. It's been done for a month. Mm. <laughs> it's been finished. Oh. So I just want to wait and maybe just randomly release it one day. Because I was just thinking the other day how with COVID and everything, I think the music industry just doesn't really have to be so serious anymore. Like before, mm. how everything has schedules and rules and like mm. PR and all this stuff. Mm. I'm like, you know what? Music should just be put out and enjoyed by people and just be out there. Why need mm. PR? <laughs> I love that. I, I love, love that. that. That's a great note to end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. Things should. Some things just shouldn't be fluffed up. You know, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the industry will mm. change in yeah. some way. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Amazing. All right. We're very. I'm actually quite excited to for your new album. So. We'll I'll send definitely to interested you. on that. Private link. Updated on that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, private link for sure. Oh my god, yeah. very honest. Those are the perks. Those are the perks saying <laughs> podcast. Well, thank you so much for joining so, us. So much. Uh, we've talked for an hour and a half. This is so nice. Yeah, um, so. Yeah, I had a good time talking. Awesome. We're super happy to hear that. Um, yeah. Hopefully, maybe we'll get you on soon again for a future episode. And if you ever come back to Melbourne, hit us up. <gasps> Please. Um, we can go out and just eat. Yes. <laughs> Mama has so much good. Oh my God. I did yeah. not want. I almost changed my flight. I didn't want. To <laughs> I literally didn't want. Well, to awesome. We'll show you some of our favorites. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, okay. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Take care. Bye.